Welcome to Cafe Radio, a collaboration between the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, the Congressional Award Foundation, and Elliott Hine Middle School in Washington, D.C. This podcast, featuring eighth grade students from Elliott Hine Middle School Media Program, is intended to help guide D.C. students through the opportunities the Congressional Award Program offers and provide information on how to explore the Congressional Award Program's pathways to career goals. And now, here's your host, Dr. Martez Hammonds. Hello and welcome. I'm hyena happy and peacock proud. I am Dr. Martez Hammonds, Chief Diversity Officer at Purdue University, Fort Wayne. I am a Congressional Award Advisor. And you know what? Today, I serve as one of your co-hosts. And I'm Lyra Pinchotti. And I'm Ailey Johnson. We're students at Elliott Hine Middle School and your co-host today. Yes, I am so happy to have these two as my co-hosts, Lyra and Ellie. How are you all doing today? I'm doing good. How I'm doing you? great. Yeah, so how's the school year treating you? You're almost to the end of the school year. Um, what does it feel like? Uh, busy. Stressful, okay. I'll say. Oh, a little stressful, a little busy. I get it. I understand it. Guess what? I've been there. I wouldn't say <clears throat> jump, jump years ago. I was there where you're sitting, right there where you're sitting. So you know what? How about we meet our guests? This man is a hardworking, he's an extroverted, and most definitely a compassionate individual. See, he's the son of a Puerto Rican immigrant. He says that he learned at a young age that working hard is crucial for one's success in life. You know what? I agree with him on that, y'all. You got to work hard. He's currently a uh, finance major at the University of Texas at Austin. Hey, keep Austin weird, if you will. And so today, let us welcome a Congressional Award gold medalist, Mr. Fernando Miranda Fred. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I want to thank you guys so much for having me on this podcast. I can't wait to to really get into things and tell you guys about my experience about the Congressional Award and how it's affected my life. Mr. Miranda Fred has held numerous leadership positions over the years and takes pride in getting to know the people he works with and enjoys creating meaningful connections. In his free time, Fernando enjoys playing the guitar, hiking, camping, and watching critically acclaimed movies. Listen, with that background... Today, our show topic is lead by example. Mr. Miranda Fred, again, we say thank you for joining us today. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, as for this summer and at least what I have going on right now, I'm currently in Austin. And it is, it's pretty hot here. I think it's Ooh, like going to probably be one of the one of the hottest summers I think we, we've, we're probably ever going to have because there was a whole winter storm earlier. And I know that at least one of my friends explained it to me that's a, that is going to directly translate to it being an extremely hot summer. And it's been absolutely right. It's been 100 degrees the past couple of days. Wow. It's really fun to go out to Barton Springs and swim in the pool and everything like that. So that's a plus. But if you want to take a break and go outside, you're going to be covered in sweat come 30 seconds that you leave the door. <laughs> wow. Well, let's jump right in. Yeah. What does leadership mean to you? That is an excellent question. I think it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. I think it could have different meanings depending on each person and their previous perceptions about the people they found in their lives to be leaders. But to me, in its essence, I think leadership is serving others to benefit them. It's putting someone else's needs before your own in hopes that one day they get to achieve a greater purpose and then maybe help lead others to do the same. 
it's lifting those around you so that way they can reach new heights, ones of which maybe wasn't entirely possible for you to reach. Who do you consider inspirational and why? There are two, two very inspirational individuals in my life, I'd say, are my parents. I mean, as Dr. Dr. Hammond mentioned in the introduction, they're both Puerto Rican migrants. So um, they came to the United States with little to nothing, and they had to work to save money. My father was selling pills on the street of his neighborhood to, to get the money to get a plane ticket to come over here. And just them doing school and being able to provide me with a life that I have now, I think is something that is absolutely inspirational. I don't think anybody has played more of a critical role in my development other than my two parents, and I, I owe everything to them. Most definitely. It seems like every time we hear you talk about, you know, your parents, you glow. It's, it's just yeah. like they are very inspirational in your oh, life. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And, and with your parents leading by example, which is our show topic, I like what you said about leadership, what leadership means to you, serving others to benefit them and lifting them and lifting people around you. So right. when you participated in the Congressional War, how did the program teach you to become a leader? Well, I, I think it did it in several ways. Uh, the main one being at least like the my main service project that I did at least through um, through the Boy Scouts of America, my Eagle Scout project was um, remodeling the child and youth learning centers at a homeless shelter in San Antonio called Haven for Hope. And I think what it taught me about leadership, right, or just setting goals and achieving them in life in general is that sometimes it's very easy to get caught up with the the artificial details being like, oh, I want my project to look the nicest. I want it to, to look a certain way. I want it to, to be this way. I want it to look all nice and everything like that. Well, I feel as if the Congressional Award, in particular my Eagle Scout project, taught me that I think the most meaningful projects out there are the ones that are going to be able to positively affect those who use it the most. So I guess some lessons in humility, really, you know, learning that it's not always going to be necessarily the most glamorous, let's say per se, but through remodeling these two child and youth learning centers, it really taught me a lot about learning to just work with what you're given and helping to provide that for other people so that way they can have a better opportunity. And I think that's that's really what my whole reasoning as to why I wanted to to do the service project at Haven for Hope in general was just because I knew I'd be able to affect the most lives here. I knew that I was going to be able to to help the most amount of people because, you know, the kids that are, are there, it's not necessarily their fault. It's, it's, you can't really say that it's anyone's fault for you know, being homeless or being in like any sort of situation, but the children are there just completely out of circumstance. Wow. And I really connected with that, and I, and I wanted to help provide them a, a future or at least hope that, you know, that things can get better. You, know, you can get back on your feet, and that just because you're in unfortunate circumstances doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to be successful in life. And I, and I did that by providing them with a lot of STEM learning opportunities, a lot of STEM-related toys, math games, and everything like that to show them that you know, there is a world outside of these four walls and is waiting for you to explore it. There are many obstacles in life that can deter you from your aspirations. What keeps you focused on your career goals? I think that's that's very interesting, at least talking about at least how distractions work in today's society and everything like. Well, and I know it's, Instagram is an amazing tool, right, to connect with other people. But um, kind of really getting into like my personal life here, I found that a lot of the times it was actually hindering me because I was spending too much time comparing myself to other individuals. 
which is something that I think a lot of us are actually guilty of, but don't necessarily recognize all the time, you know, because you start looking at what like Timmy's doing. You're like, yo, Timmy, like, it seems like Timmy has more friends than me. You know, he's, <laughs> he's out there doing all this stuff and everything like that. And, and, and I know it's like, it's such a, it's such a human thing for us to do because naturally we're going to want to compare ourselves to other people. We're going to want to, you know, at least see what's going on because we, we have a like, in, in an intrinsic sense of superiority to other people because, you know, naturally we're selfish. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really help improve your life, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing pictures all the time of people that look better than you or people who, you know, seem like they might have more friends or followers or they get more likes than you. And that was something that I kind of realized, at least over this winter break, is that it, it's an amazing tool. I'm not saying, you know, to anyone out there that you shouldn't use it at all. But I think it's to really evaluate, you know, what are you investing a lot of time into? What are the things that you're putting the most time into? And are those things giving you back the rewards? And at least I realized this when I, when I asked myself that same question. I asked, like, how, how much time have I spent on Instagram cumulatively? I mean, I've had Instagram since y'all are going to be entering uh, freshman year of high school, right? Yeah. I've had yeah, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I am. It's like I've been, I've had Instagram since maybe the sixth grade, right? And there was never a period in my life in which I didn't have it on my phone. And when I sat back and thought about it, I was like, when I think about over the years, right, all the different hobbies that I've picked up, guitar playing, cheerleading, weightlifting, exercise, whatever, I have never spent more time cultivating something, meticulously editing things <laughs> and doing all that sort of stuff other than for my Instagram. And, and when I had that realization, I was like, what is this for at the end of the day? I mean, this isn't me. This is who I want people to perceive me as. And, and once I had that realization, it's like, I, I need to take a step away from this. I'm going to deactivate my account and I'm going to start focusing on my career and the things that I love to do because I like them not because other people like seeing them or because I want to show other people or present this persona. I need to focus on what's important to me. And I think that's a very important lesson that goes to everybody because, you know, social media is everywhere. Everyone has it, you know, and it's very easy to fall into these traps and it's not talked about a lot, you know, not a lot of people are willing to have these discussions because it's so controversial, you know, going against social media because it's like the new wave, you know, everyone has it. But I think it's also important to, you know, consider its effect on you and what it does to you. So Ailey and Lyra, do you hear that? You you have to think <laughs> sometimes some of the things that are popular and trendy could be an obstacle or a distraction from where you want to go in life. Your goals and could be distractions. So keep that in mind. I, I think that was pretty nice of him to be vulnerable to share that with um, with the audience and with you all too as well. Um, and I learned something just then also. Mr. Miranda Fred, can you share with us how you came to join the cheer team at the University of Texas at Austin? Oh, my God, of course. I I would love to share that story with y'all. So um, I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture for you guys. I'm graduating high school, right? It's my first year, or I've already graduated high school. I went to a very, very small charter school in San Antonio by the name of Basis Chabonneau. We didn't get exposure to a lot of the activities that you normally find at at bigger schools and everything like that. Like football wasn't really a thing. We did have soccer. We didn't have that many sports. So being a freshman at the University of Texas, I remember the first game that we played. It was versus L.A. Tech. We smoked them, obviously, you know, hook them horns and everything. But um, I remember, (laughs) you know, I got to rep my team. Um, I remember seeing a group of people on Bevo Boulevard in front of DKR. 
And there were these male and female cheerleaders. And I, I had never really, obviously I knew that like, you know, cheerleading existed and everything like that. And I saw them like waving around flags and like leading in chants, doing that whole sort of thing. And I thought, I thought it was really neat. And one of my friends was just like, you know, Fernando, you should try that. Like you, sh- you should just go for it. Like go try it. And I was like, you know what? Why not? And, and, and I mentioned the whole thing about coming from a small charter school because I had the mindset that when I, when I came to this big school, right, totally different from my small charter school, I wanted to push myself to the absolute maximum because I didn't feel like I gained a lot of exposure to different opportunities going to my, to my high school. And I wanted to come to this university and I wanted to just explore as much as I possibly could. And, and that's what cheer was. And, you know, the sense of discovery doesn't end there. I mean, I, I would also love to tell you guys about what it was like going to my first clinic with them. Because I think that's also a story that I think you guys would enjoy to hear. But essentially, after after my friend had told me I'd encouraged to he encouraged me to look into it, I uh, went onto their Instagram page and I followed them. It was U Texas Spirit, and I saw that they were hosting a clinic for anybody interested in trying out. And I was like, you know what? That's me, right? Like I, I kind of want to do this. You know, I, I want to explore. So I went online, signed up for it, and uh, I, I showed up, not knowing anyone or anything about the team. Period. I didn't really know what I was getting into. And I, I showed up to this clinic and I remember kind of immediately stepping in, right? And realizing, okay, this is a very serious ordeal to some people. And I knew that because they had to ask the parents to leave. And then I remember them kind of, we, we did like a group warm up and everything like that. And then they sat us all down in this corner, right? And they started to explain to us what partner stunting was. Do you guys know what that is? I have a limited knowledge of cheerleading, but I've never done partner stunting. But that that's essentially what they started to do. So it's essentially where you where you grab the girl, it's the guy, he grabs the girl by the waist, throws her up into the air, catches her feet or presses her up and do, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Judging by what I just told you, I had no idea that we were going to be doing that. I had absolutely no idea. So I'm sitting in this group of people and I'm looking at them, like throwing the girl into the air. They did like three demonstrations that like Purdue, which is essentially where you grab their hands and then they come under your shoulders. They did a toss to hands, which is essentially feet into hands and then a toss extension where you throw them up so high that you catch with your arms fully locked out. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh my God. What have I gotten myself into? And then short, shortly afterwards, they're just like, all right, so they assign us to groups, right? I'm still in shock, right? And they assign me to a group with two other boys so that they spot me, right? And then they just hand me over a girl and they're just like, throw her, throw her into the air. And I'm just like, wait, like, like actually, like you, you want me to throw this person? They're like, yes. And the next 30 to 45 minutes, I would describe only as some of the most embarrassing flops. cheerleading stunts coming down that that I had ever experienced in my life. And and there were several times, I'm just, I'm going to be completely honest with y'all that I was like looking at the door. Uh, Hopefully you guys know what I mean when I, when I say that, but I was thinking, (laughs) I need to go to the bathroom and I was going to grab my bag and I was going to run into my car and just get out of there because it was, it was a mistake, but something inside of me, right? The same reason why I came, it was like, no, stay. Figure it out. See if you can get it. And uh, essentially, like, we, we were going up for the fourth or fifth time. The last couple of times, like, I couldn't even get to her ankles. I would, gr- I would grab her ankles. So then she'd be, like, standing on my chest, and the whole thing would end up coming down. It was, it was so <laughs> embarrassing. But uh, I remember one time I, we, we were going for it again, right? Just toss the hands, right? 
And I just, I just close my eyes, I chuck, and I catch her feet, right? She's in my yeah. hands. I'm there. And I remember in that moment just looking up, right? Seeing her do the whole, you know, hook them horns and everything like that. And realizing right then and there that this was the coolest thing I had ever done. For so, real. So it looks like you <laughs> stepped outside of your comfort zone. And and you tried and you tried. And although you looked like you were going to run out the door, you didn't. You stayed there and you still persevered and you tried and tried. Uh, I understand where you're coming from and I truly, truly get your perseverance. So talk to us a little bit about that. Talk to us a little bit about how the Congressional Award Program taught you how to persevere. I think that there's a there's a big misconception in society being that like, oh, if you feel like quitting, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's a once once a, once again I, th- I think that's a huge misconception. I think that it's absolutely okay to feel like quitting sometimes. I think that it, that's absolutely okay, but you just can't let that get in the way of you accomplishing your goal, right? Like coming back to cheerleading, right? I was embarrassed out of my mind. I thought I was never going to be able to do it. I thought it was it was so dumb for me to come and to show up, and just all these thoughts started plugging, like you know, clogging your mind these these toxic thoughts. Mm-hmm. But then you, you have to hone yourself back in and be like, no. I'm here because I want to be here and I know that I'm capable of doing this because I know I it, I can do anything I set my mind to, whether that's helping take care for the children of the homeless at Haven for Hope, whether that's going on crazy high adventures with the Boy Scouts of America, whether that's, you know, coming to a cheerleading and coming to a cheerleading clinic and literally not even knowing what partner stunting is. And I, and I was doing that, at least like that whole example, I feel like it's just because I just wanted to try something new. But the most important thing is, is to persevere and to know that it's okay to sometimes feel like you want to give up. At the end of the day, you can't let that get in the way of your goal. You can't let yourself be your greatest enemy, even though most of the time you are. And you just have to fight back against those urges, fight back against those doubts and continue to pursue and you know, success will follow. That's all I can say. So Lyra and Ailey, um, you know, before we move to the next question, I just want to ask you a quick question. Has there ever been a time that you felt like, you know, there was something you were doing and you wanted to give up? And, yes. and if not even you, maybe even some of your fellow students, like, talk to me about it. No, 100%. Actually, recently I was in a soccer game and I probably, I'm way better with my right foot than my left foot. And every time the ball would come, to my left foot, I would miss. And I really wanted to ask for the coach to sub me out because I was so embarrassed. But I didn't because I felt like I would be letting down the team and letting down myself if I were to just give up because just because you mess up once or twice doesn't mean you're going to mess up every time. Absolutely. What about you, Ailey? Uh, I just have to say the only time I really ever wanted to give up was first time I did partner stunting with cheerleading because every single person is like way shorter than me. So every time I would have to lift them up or just throw them up, they'd almost fall because they're like two times smaller than I am. Mm -hmm. And they just are way lighter than I normally can lift. So they would go up really fast and then I would almost let them fall one time I let a girl fall. And after that, I just wanted to quit cheerleading as a whole because I felt so embarrassed. 
Right. So no matter if it's your left or your right foot, no matter if it's the technique that you're using, right, to uh, to to partner stunt, because I can tell you many, many a times folks have fallen and many a times on my face, <laughs> on me. Right. And we just kept going. We just kept going. And I appreciate you all being vulnerable and sharing your story about a time that you thought maybe, you know what? Hey, I was going to give up. But like uh, Fernando, right, he kept going. And he took that last step and took that last breath and was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this. And look at him, now he's a congressional gold medalist. He's doing really well at the University of Texas in Austin. So let's shift back a little bit back to the congressional award uh, to our next question. What was the role of your advisor within the congressional awards program? My advisor was, um, was one of the older dads in my Boy Scout troop. And I think him for the most part was keeping me on track to meet goals and stuff like that. I did that by myself, but, you know, occasionally he would remind me like, hey, we need to do this. But then also just providing me with someone that I could go to for just general advice and the things that I was doing. He was someone who I felt that helped assist me with the, the Haven for Hope project, which is uh, one of the biggest parts of my, my congressional award journey. And that he also um, was the one who encouraged me to go to Bob Marshall and also go to Japan because he felt like those areas would be amazing areas for exploration and to just uh, push your physical limits, which is something that I feel like is kind of an ongoing motif here. The person in the room who's the most uncomfortable is the person who's going to grow the most at the end of the day. I, I think that's it's, it's a difficult habit to teach yourself. It's a difficult thing to kind of ingrain in your psyche. But you should, not all the time, but you should be, in the back of your mind, it should be important for you to try to challenge yourself to find new things, to try new things, things that you may not be the best at. Just because you'll get that exposure and you will learn so much from it if you stick with it. And preferably, it's it's something that you like, you know, most of the time or something you can become interested or become engaged with, with time. But uh, I, I think it's very important to, you know, go and to, to just try something new, you know? Like, especially when you're in college or even when you, when y'all are entering high school now, like, join that one club you've always been thinking about or, or join the choir. Think about that. Or maybe try out for the team. Maybe start training. Start training for something that you've always wanted to do for that half marathon you've been thinking about doing, right? Start running, you know? In your opinion, why is it important for kids to set goals in public service, personal development, physical fitness, and exploration? Okay, so that, that that's an excellent question. But I think it's similar to at least the thing, the, what I just talked again about pushing yourself to, to try to do better. I think when you set a goal, right, I think that's a really important aspect to achieving life in general that I think a lot of people miss out on is that you have to just write it down. You got to put it somewhere where you're going to see it. So that way when you're working hard and you don't, you feel like you want to quit, you're looking at the door, you know, you can look up there and realize that there's purpose behind everything that you're doing. And then as to how it pertains to the importance for setting goals, at least in public service, personal development, physical fitness, and exploration, I think it's because all of those provide immense amounts of opportunities for you to grow as an individual. Public service, it gives you a chance to see the lives of other people who may not be as fortunate as you. And that was something that at least I did in Haven for Hope, something that I saw firsthand and worked in a very personal environment with. And it made me have a whole new appreciation for, I don't know, this bed that I have here, or the fact that my lights turn on, or the fact that I got running water, for how it pertains to, to personal development. I think it's just great. I mean, that's one of the best feelings that you can have is, you know, finally reaching that new PR in the gym with weights or 
finally being able to have a little bit better control of your spending of your money having that you know started that 401k i know that's a little bit ahead of y'all's time but um like you know <laughs> finally getting that 401k in and everything like that physical fitness i kind of mentioned that earlier with um with how it pertains to, I think that's one of the best natural dopamine producers ever is just going to the gym, either lifting weights, working out, running. It's just one of the best things you can do for yourself because there's something very empowering about not only others perceiving you as strong, that's not as important, but you being able to perceive yourself as able-bodied. And then lastly, exploration, once again, exploring new things, finding out what you want to do with your life. And I feel as if all of these things, public service, personal development, physical fitness, and exploration, all play in to that. Absolutely. And each and every one of them most definitely are the areas, the program areas of the Congressional Award. And Fernando, we would like to thank you most definitely for your interview today and all the work that you have done to be a congressional gold medalist and with your work with the Boy Scouts and being an Eagle Scout, as well as, you know, you're also doing some amazing internship work that we uh, we heard about. You've done work already at like Valero and KPMG and, and Goldman Sachs. And uh, could you tell us how the Congressional Award has helped prepare you for those internships? I think it's just the the exposure. It, it's going to set you apart, right? And obviously, you know, the, the first thing that's going to come to mind, I think for a lot of people is that it looks great on paper to just say that you've done the congressional award. But there's so much more to that than just, you know, just being gold medalists under like lists of achievements section of your resume. It's the fact that you you took a significant amount of time, effort and energy to explore four different assets of your own being. And that at the end of the day is what I believe will set you apart more than just having the award title. Obviously, this depends on how seriously you take the award, how much time you want to dedicate to these different elements of the congressional award. But if you spend your time well and you work very hard in improving these four elements and taking projects that are very serious, it's going to be hard work. But if you take your time, you're going to find that you have a totally different set of experiences, skills, and just overall wisdom in life than those around you. And that I believe at the end of the day is just what makes it, uh, what really makes it the golden ticket. And that it's, it, it forces you to get outside of your comfort zone and to grow really, because that's what it is about the end of the day. It's about growth. And I think that's what the congressional award is, is most known for, or that's been his biggest impact on me, how much it's caused me to grow. Wow. Ailey and Lear, you heard it right here from Mr. Fernando Miranda Fred himself. He said that the golden ticket is the congressional award. And not only is it the golden ticket, but it sets you apart. And it has helped him and set him apart uh, in so many ways from other candidates as he was vying for some of those internships or what have you. Mr. Miranda Fred, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank on Thank you show. guys for having me. Thank you, Ailey, Lyra, Dr. Hammond. I'm Lyra Finchotti. I'm Ailey Johnson. And I'm Dr. Martez Hammonds. You all have a great day. You've been listening to Cafe Radio, hosted by Dr. Martez Hammonds, Chief Diversity Officer at Purdue University in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Radio Cafe podcast is a collaboration between the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, the Congressional Award Foundation, and students from the Elliott Hine Middle School Media Program, facilitated by Mandrell Burks. 
For more information about the Congressional Award Foundation, visit congressionalaward.org.